the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit is sponsored by Town Hall Review. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. When you hear phone numbers, please do not call. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk, with Pastor Emery Moss on another Bible Talk program. Just a blessing to be with you, and, uh, you know, I'm glad to be on this station, and, of course, glad to be on this program, but, boy, is Daryl Wood good. Can't say it any better than that. What a guy giving us the, uh, the, the Christian dynamics behind politics and social issues. Uh, never miss Run to Win. And then right after that, hey, you got Bible talk. Gets no better than that. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. So if you're interested in systematic theology, if you're interested in hermeneutics, if you're interested in the Bible, then you should be interested in the Bible Talk program. Good to be with you. Um, something uh, that I've been waiting to get at here, all right, over in Genesis chapter 16, all right, where we have Sarah uh, and Abraham, you know, they're married, okay? And uh, Abram, or Abraham uh, has not given birth to his offspring who would, you know, you know, be the one to keep the family going, right? Uh, the one who was going to be the firstborn, you know, Sarah was there. Well, let's get to the text and see what happens. Okay? And let's see what solution um, they come up with. Genesis 16 and 1. Now, Sarai, before her name was changed to Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Uh, hey, this woman will not stay a normal handmaid long. Look at what happens. 
And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Okay, she recognized. She could not. They don't know, no reason is given as to why not. But she could not give Abraham a child. That's Sarah. Okay, Sarah. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. Ooh, wait, wait, wait a minute. What's this? Okay, Sarah, she could not give birth. So she said, hey, um, well, uh, Abraham, yeah, you're going to have to go and, uh, uh, you know, uh, have sex with the maid, basically. That's what it's saying here. It says, says uh, behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. All right? And she said the Lord had restrained her from doing this. Now, that, of course, is her own assessment of what's going on. There's things that happen, but uh, sometimes, you know, we, it's not good to blame everything on God. But she said, I pray thee. Go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Okay? Right? And Abram, now, the, the way it is in the text, it makes it look like this happened pretty quickly. But I can't imagine that Abraham didn't take some time to think it over, right? And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Okay? Okay? Listen to what she said. Okay? And verse 3, and Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram, had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. Uh-oh, let's count it. Already got one wife. Then he uh, gets with the maid, he marries her, so she's going to be his wife. Okay? Looks like polygamy to me. Wow. Notice, says, then at verse 4, and he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. Okay? And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Now, isn't that something? It's something that Sarah had told Hagar to do, told Abraham to do. Then, right after it was done, she got mad. Okay? Have you ever made decisions to do something, and then what you were doing was wrong, and it came back to haunt you? That's what Sarah had happened to her here, right? It says, her mistress was despised in her eyes. In other words, what happened? She got jealous, and she became jealous. And here, verse 5, and Sarah, Sarai, said unto Abram, my wrong is upon thee. Now, she admitted one thing. She had done wrong. That's right. She did wrong. Because marriage is a relationship with one man and one woman, okay? Not some kind of polygamous relationship, okay? Can't have it that way. So she admitted that at least. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, uh, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. So one thing is for sure here, at least Sarah, or Sarai, unlike uh, others, right, she did admit what she did was wrong. It wasn't right to do. Verse 6, But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her, do to her as it pleases thee. And when Sarah, or Sarah, dwelt hardly with her, she fled from her face. Right. So she got the Hagar, the maid is running, left the dwelling place. Then verse seven, and the angel of the Lord found her, okay, by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur, and he said, Hagar, okay. Sarah's maid, whence comest thou, and whither wilt thou go? Now, that's always interesting to me when an angel sent from the Lord goes to someone, uh, goes to someone that God told him to go to, 
and they asked the person as if they didn't know where they were going. Okay, And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall be numbered for multitude. So here we see the seed of Hagar was also going to be blessed. But, okay, but despite what is said in Islam, uh, Ishmael would not be the child of promise. No, that's going to be, of course, Isaac. That, that, that's coming later. Okay? And so it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Now, friends, we could start here and go into a lot of different things. We could even talk about how this is related to Islam. That's coming, but not tonight. First, we're going to deal with the first question you're going to have in your Sunday school lesson when you teach this, or possibly when you preach this from the pulpit, all right? Somebody's going to come to you. I don't know whether it's going to be a man, a woman, teenager, okay? <laughs> They're going to ask, how could they do this? Is that the way marriage is supposed to work? Does God approve of a relationship like this? To where, if you can't have a child by your wife, you, you know, do it with the maid? Okay, what's going on here? Okay. That's a legitimate question to ask. How does the Bible resolve these issues? These are issues that come, and you need to have an answer. You need to have a biblical answer to the question. Number to call? Area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Was it right? Was it right concerning what took place between Abraham and Sarah? Was he allowed, by listening to Sarah, okay, allowed her to have him get with a maid, okay, Hagar, and produce offspring, all right? That's what we're looking at. That is the question that will come up. All right. And the Bible um, has the answer. Oh, there are a lot of good questions, but in the Bible, there are a lot of good answers as well. All right. And to answer this one, we must exercise uh, the principle, Scripture interprets Scripture, and let's see what the Bible might have to say about this. I think the next place we should go is to Matthew chapter 19. Uh, remember, I told you that in biblical studies, uh, often uh, what happens is there are other places in the Bible where you go that throws light on what you're reading. Okay? So definitely this is the time to see if what happened between Abraham here and Sarah uh, has any kind of um, uh, support that we can deal with in the Bible itself. So let's go to the New Testament. Right? Let's leave Genesis. For a moment, go to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 19. Okay? Matthew chapter 19. And as you turn there, remember that number to call here is area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Henry Moss. Looking at the subject here and see what the Bible has to say in totality about this relationship between Abraham and Hagar, okay, that produced Ishmael, okay? And in fact, 
then basically he winds up with two wives, right? Sarah and Hagar. Wow. Okay. What does the Bible tell us about this? Uh, okay, let's go. Here, Matthew chapter 19. Okay. And some of you are saying in your minds, you said, how in the world can Pastor Moss equate something from Matthew 19 <laughs> and put it in Genesis? All I can say, watch me. Genesis chapter 19, all right, New Testament, okay? Jesus is on the scene, okay? Matthew chapter 19. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came to the coast of Judea, beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Verse 3, the Pharisees also came unto him. Okay? Now, Jesus did all these miracles, but all the Pharisees, and the Sadducees for that matter, are interested in doing is trying to trap him up in his words and get him to mess up something. Right? Here, Matthew 19 and 3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Okay? Now, that's the question they ask. Where did they get that from, right? Okay. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Verse 4, And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read? This is what Jesus told them. Okay? Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, notice here that this first answer that Jesus gives, he doesn't directly answer their question, okay? Wouldn't you think the answer would be no, okay, <laughs> right away? Okay, for every cause? No, you can't divorce for every cause. But he says, and answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Then in verse 5, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh, not your wife and a maid, okay, or anybody else. One flesh, okay, husband, wife, that's it, okay, okay. Now, so what happens is, uh, verse four helps us. Have you not read that He which made them at the beginning? This is what God instituted, right, in Genesis, okay? that marriage is a relationship between a man and a woman. Verse five, Jesus goes on. Matthew 19 and 5, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Now, a lot of times, and let me digress just for a minute here, there are young couples who feel like that uh, they can't get married until they are uh, away from their parents, okay? Or if they start out with nothing, uh, uh, no money, uh, you know, they have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, they have to be up under the uh, the, the, uh, the discipline of their mother and father, something like that. Now, what's happening here is this. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother. In other words, that even though if you first get married and your money's not all together and things of this nature and you might need a place to stay, you can stay with your father and mother if you're a young couple as long as you know that they don't dominate you like they used to. That can't happen, Right. Yeah, in other words, you have to declare your independence. Okay? Uh, in other words, do not let father and mother dominate your marriage, okay? but definitely psychologically, okay? psychologically you leave them. Okay? That's what it's talking about here. You can stay with them, but you have to make sure that there's a, a, a boundary in terms of uh, 
uh, who's in charge, you know. So it says here in verse 4, And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which had made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother. Remember, that's primarily talking about psychologically, which results ultimately in you getting your own dwelling place. And shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Now here we see Jesus telling it exactly like it is. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall they twain shall be one flesh. Then, okay, verse six, Matthew nineteen six, wherefore there are no more twain but one flesh. But therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. That's it. That's what marriage is. That's it. One person. Okay. Husband, get to another person, wife, they become one flesh. Not two fleshes, three fleshes, nothing like that, no. Okay. Okay. So that's how Jesus answered the question. And he said more. Verse 6, Wherefore there are no more twain but one flesh. For therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Okay. Huh. You know what the answer is to our question? We'll do it when we come right back. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Me? Tim. Hey, what's up? He's the person you hired for your digital marketing strategy. And when he's done battling aliens on his PS5 in his parents' basement, I'm sure he'll get right to work. Now, meet the team at Salem Surround. What's up? Over 200 digital media strategists with all the current digital tools, resources, and training bringing your business the real results you need. These are the people who are passionate about your marketing success and will work 24-7 to deliver customers to you and your business. So, Tim. Yes, level 12. I'm going to be here all night. Or the team at Salem Surround. Why trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? Nationwide exposure, experience, and expertise. Let our team of experts focus on your digital marketing strategy so you can focus on your business. It's an easy decision. To learn more about Salem Surround or for a free, no-obligation digital audit, visit us at surrounddetroit.com. Chris McCourtney of Salem Media Detroit here with a question for you. What do you stand for in your career? Roy Spence Jr. in his book, It's Not What You Sell, It's What You Stand For, says this. The power of purpose is not a marketing idea or a sales idea. It's a company idea. Purpose drives an entire organization and it answers why the company exists. So what's your purpose? Salem Media Group's purpose is bold. Change the culture and challenge the church to be all she can be. How's that for bold? We're looking to add to our selling team with pros who share that vision 
and want to grow with Salem Surround, the Patriot, and Faith Talk Detroit. If you share that vision of purpose and want to know more, call me at 248-581-1222. That's 248-581-1222, and let's talk it up. We offer a great salary, competitive benefits, and purpose for your hard work. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. We've got Tim on the line. How you doing, Tim? I'm good, Pastor. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody out there. Same to you, and get ready to give me a happy birthday, buddy. On the 27th, I will be 70 years young. Wow, happy birthday, big time. <laughs> Where am I showing up for the party? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we old men move slow. (laughs) Well, hey, I'm not far behind you, buddy. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it's it's too bad God God wasn't more explicit, you know, leave your mother and father, but how about mother-in-law? Boy, I tell you, that's a challenge right there, isn't it? (laughs) Well, well, you know, and a lot of times there is a difficulty with the uh, psychological aspect of uh, becoming one flesh, where you have to, oh, yeah, uh, yeah you, and uh, no doubt, you, uh, you know what I'm talking about, many people get experience in it, and it uh, takes real mature yep. parents to allow the uh, their youngsters to grow up and be adults, but you're, you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm going off topic for a question that we were talking about at church yesterday. Sure. Um, we're in the process of uh, new worship leader, you know, candidates and all this other stuff. And the question came up, not from the candidates, but, you know, somebody I was talking to, I play a trumpet and God says commands from what I understand, but I don't know where in the Bible to sing to the Lord. I guess that's a new Testament commandment. I haven't come across that exact verse yet. Uh, uh-huh. But what about? I thought I thought somewhere I've heard that you you know you're commanded to play to the Lord too if you play an instrument like David you know your lyres and tambourines or am I off base on that? Absolutely, it's very is there a command. Well, okay, it's so a command. There, is, there is a command to play. Well, there's something that accompanies your worship, yeah. And you're right with uh, David uh, could use a harp, harp. Uh, they also could uh, had uh, horns that they would use. Uh, uh, so, no, uh, praising God with musical instruments is no problem. God has no problem with that. Uh, a harp can be used. No, no problem with it at all. Yeah, but is there a command from him anywhere in the Old or New Testament to do that? I mean, well, a command, but we, well, we would say this to way. the Lord. Yeah, well, when they talk about praising God, uh, if the Bible had been against uh, musical instruments being played, then David could not have used a harp. They had a sofar uh, horn that was blown, okay, as a part of worship. Okay? Right. So the Bible does not condemn the usage of instruments in praise. Never had. Because, yeah, I mean, it even says, I play a trumpet, and, you know, obviously, 
the when the trumpet sounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So. No, if, right, if but someone you, tells you, me you, I can't play a certain instrument, argument. yeah, what is the uh, argument? Well, it wasn't an argument, but the, he was emphatic about there is no commandment at all to play an instrument to the Lord. Then, then David was messed in the, up. In the New Testament. In the New yeah. Testament. It would be not just wrong. It definitely, uh, if it was wrong in the New Testament, it would be clearly said. Okay? Uh, David was right. never condemned at all for playing his harp. Nothing's wrong with it. Okay? In other words, if the Bible is against something, it has to be clearly against it. Okay? Right. And definitely, that everything that the Bible is for is pretty clear. Everything that it's against is pretty clear. The only thing that would so stop me if a harmonica would be a voice that says, Thou shalt not play that harmonica. <laughs> no. Okay. Huh? Yeah. All right. Um, I I just needed. I, I understand that it's okay to do that, obviously, because there's instruments throughout. Well, well we could go further. Now, if we take this to extreme, where does it say to wear choir robes? Where does it yeah, say to play a? Huh? Where does yeah. it say to play an organ, brother? You about to strip the the church of everything? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I grew up, it was all piano and soprano soloist. Nope, we need you know. If the and Bible, and then if you went to the theater or played uh, drums in the church, you're going straight to hell. <laughs> if know? the Bible is against something, it will clearly tell you so. That's what I thought. I just couldn't point to any scripture saying that there's a commandment that you do play. Yeah, but if it is, but well, once you praise God, He never limits you in what you use to do it. But you're right. If God is against something, He would most definitely let you know not to do it and be clear in the text. Yeah, well, thank you. That that kind of goes with what I was saying because I I asked him. I said, show me where this is at. Right. That's all I got to do. Show me where it's at, and I'm done. Yeah, and I didn't see anything, so I mean, I wasn't showing anything, so. And keep on playing. uh, (laughs) Play what you got. All right, well, first, let's go back to Thanksgiving and be thankful for grace first, and everything else falls in line, right? That's right. (laughs) Thanks for calling. I appreciate your call as always. All right, happy birthday again. All right. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Now, back here to our text, and but I want you guys to see just as he asked the question, which was off topic, hey, that's what Bible talk is all about, your questions on this program. And don't worry, okay? You won't get me off track. I'll get right back on track with you. But I'm interested in not only dealing with uh, uh, what's before me here in the Bible, but biblical concerns and questions that you may have. Okay? Now, I'm to call area code 866-423-9578. Now, we looked here at uh, what uh, the Pharisees, they're challenging Jesus, right? Where uh, they pointed out to him, okay, uh, verse 3, Matthew 19 and 3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Okay? And he answered and said unto them, Jesus basically told them this, he says, Have you not read 
that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. But therefore God is joined together, let not man put asunder. So basically what he's saying is that there should be no divorce. Okay? That is what God said in Genesis. Okay? Okay. Uh, so what happened? Okay. Verse 7, here is where the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, thought they had him. They had Jesus. Okay? It says in Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, in Matthew 18 and 7, jumping ahead of myself, they say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Mm. Notice that. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Okay. Guess what? Okay. It's true. Okay. All you have to do is look at Deuteronomy chapter 24, and you'll see where that's exactly what Moses told them they could do. Okay? That was an allowance that was made. Okay? And remember, okay, Moses was following God's instructions. Okay? And so here they thought they had him in a trap. The Pharisees thought they had Jesus in a trap. Once again, 19.7, they say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Jesus had the answer. Verse 8. He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you. Okay? Or let's put it this way. Allowed you. And understand, if Moses allowed it, then God had to allow it at the same time. Because as you know, Moses would get in trouble for doing anything that God does not allow. Okay? Verse 8. He says unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Okay? In the beginning, marriage, okay, supposed to be the same thing as it is today, was a relationship between one man and one woman. And that's really the only thing that it should be. But because of the hardness of your hearts, God allowed you to put away your wives. But from the beginning... It was not so. Then Jesus okay, uh, added this, verse 9, And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, okay, except it be. There's one reason, well, actually two, okay, for divorce. It says, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, commits adultery. And whosoever marries her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. Okay? So this is what... Uh, these are the only grounds of divorce okay, that are approved by the Bible today because we're not under the Old Testament, the uh, Deuteronomy 24, but we're under the teachings of Jesus Christ in the New. Once again, Matthew 19 and 9, And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, commits adultery. And whosoever marries her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. Okay? That's the standard that is today. We're not Old Testament saints. We are New Testament saints. Verse 10, his disciples say unto him, If the case of a man be so with his wife, it's good not to marry. <laughs> okay? But, verse 11, Jesus said, but he said unto them, 
all men cannot receive this, saying, save to whom it is given. All right? So he's just letting you know that, uh, in other words, if you don't get married, you can be celibate, uh, but make sure you've got the gift of celibacy or it's going to be rough. Okay? So we see then that how uh, what they did, what Abraham did, uh, actually wasn't as kosher as it should have been, but it's something that God allowed, or there's a term used to describe it over in Acts chapter 17. So turn over there, and you'll see okay, where Moses comments on this subject as well. In Acts 17, verse 30, where there's a number of things that Israel was doing that was wrong, okay, that God didn't necessarily like. But seemingly God realized that there was a growth process from the Old Testament to the New. Why do I say that? Because in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, where uh, Paul is speaking on this, he says, and at the times of his ignorance, not God's ignorance, but man's, in the times of his ignorance, God winked at the certain things that he allowed to happen because mankind was not where he should be yet. Okay? At the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Okay? Okay? Now we raise back up to the high standard. The way it should be completely. Verse 31, because he appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath, whom he hath addressed, ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. So there were things that God overlooked. There were things that he allowed, but they weren't necessarily approved of. Uh, polygamy was allowed. Back in the Old Testament. Okay, goodness, Solomon's wives, you couldn't count them all. <laughs> right. David, wow, me and others as well. But God allowed these things. Okay? He allowed them. Okay? Um, uh, and he's bringing man up to a point where he gets away from these things. Okay? Now, in the New Testament, the door is closed on all of that allowance. Okay? What was allowed in the Old Testament okay, is no more. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do you know that? Well, because of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, this is the standard that all Christians are under now. Here's where we are. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, this is what Paul writes to the church, to all Christians, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Some of y'all are saying, what? Okay, in a second. Let's look at it again. First Corinthians 7 and 1. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. I can't even touch him. Okay. But uh, it's not what you think. It's more than a touch going on here. Okay. Okay. Here in verse 2, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, that every man have his own wife. Notice it doesn't say own wives. Okay. Okay. Here is the standard. This is the standard in Genesis. Just uh, uh, going right back, how it started in Genesis here in the New Testament. All that New Testament stuff that was allowed over. Okay? First Corinthians 7 and 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Okay? Mm-hmm. And let every woman have her own husband. 
Notice it doesn't say in 1 Corinthians 7 and 2, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wives, and let every woman have her own husbands. That's gone. Okay? That was what was allowed in Moses' time, but now we have a greater one that we follow, okay? Jesus Christ. Okay? And we're under the new covenant. Let everyone, every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Right? And then it goes into a number of other things that we will be able to talk about later. But we do need to understand that there are things that God allowed. Okay? Uh, very, uh, very fascinating to think about, that the mercy of God to work with us, okay, to allow us to grow in spirituality, okay, uh, definitely he is a passionate God. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Daryl Wood. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it has literally changed the way I sleep. The pillows don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen premium my pillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a queen size premium go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listeners square and use the promo code run to win you will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the giza dreams bed sheets the my pillow mattress topper and my pillow towel sets or call 800-919-5912 800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-919-5912-800-
that number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, inviting you to be a part of our apologetic boot camp dealing with the Jehovah Witnesses. That's right, how to deal with the Jehovah Witnesses when they come to your door. I'm going to give you information that you can use so you don't have to hide behind the curtain. Go right out and deal with them uh, with the Word of God. That is what our apologetics boot camp is going to be about on November 27th, uh, starting at 10 a.m. at Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, 10709 Grand River, 10709 Grand River at Oakman. Uh, tuition cost is uh, $20 per person. Uh, uh, young people, uh, children, don't have to pay. Parents can pay something for them. We don't want to break the bank, but we are trying to uh, bless our ministry so we can continue the teaching ministry uh, and all the ministries that God wants us to do. All right, so remember that, November 27th. November 27th, the uh, Apologetic Conference dealing with the Jehovah Witnesses to help you to be able to deal with them from the Bible if they come to your door. Okay. All right, and you might have family members that uh, uh, you meet with over the holidays. Well, you know, if they start talking about their belief, you want to tell them about your Jesus. Number to call here, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. As basically the job is to go through the Bible. We're in Genesis, but remember... Uh, even though we're in Genesis, as you can see, if you've uh, listened to this program at all, we go all over the place. We go wherever we need to go to bring about biblical truth. Okay? So sometimes it's just plain, simple biblical studies, but sometimes we get off into systematic theology, the cult, prophecy, you name it. Now, if you're really uh, interested in uh, uh, prophecy, the discussion of biblical prophecy, well, you will want to log on to strictlybiblical.org, and I'd say at about 10.45, close to 11 o'clock, where we have our prophecy class. Yes, and you are invited, okay? Um, all you have to do is log on to strictlybiblical.org. There you can find out how to um, be a part of our lesson uh, that uh, is uh, done through the, you know, all this technical stuff, Zoom, <laughs> as they call it, where uh, you'll be a part of our uh, lesson. Just come and catch up with us. We're dealing with biblical prophecy, something that really needs to be talked about today. All right. So now we're over in Genesis chapter 16, uh, about verse 15 here. And Hagar bare Abram a son. And Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. Okay? Okay? And soon we'll be getting into Islam. Right. A discussion of this leads us right into Islam, but not yet. Verse 16, and Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram, okay, 80-something. Then chapter 17, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk me before me and be thou perfect. Boy. Wow. So now that's the goal. That is the goal. Raise your hand if you've achieved it yet. You haven't, right? Thank God he's merciful, okay? Definitely that's the standard, okay? But all we can say is thank God for his blood and his forgiveness. Here, 
in Genesis 17 and 2, And I will make my covenant between thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Okay? This is what God tells Abraham. Okay? Then, verse 3, And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Okay? So that's what Abraham was told. And understand, this is God's promise to Abraham. Okay? And God's promise is going to be fulfilled. He will be a father to many nations. That is why I can say categorically, one thing absolutely sure. Okay? I don't care what I see on the news. I don't care what happens in the Middle East. I don't care what happens in Iran, Syria, any of these places. I don't care uh, uh, about uh, what we read about Armageddon or the Gog and Magog war that's coming, described in Ezekiel chapter 36, 37, and 38, let me make one statement categorically, that there is no way that God is going to allow the Jewish people to be destroyed or wiped out. It is not going to happen. Not going to happen. If it did, that would be a complete violation of the Abrahamic covenant. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, so I can make a biblically Pathetic statement, it's not going to occur. Okay? That's right. Oh, no, there'll be calamities that happen, but not to the point of extinction. Because why? God promised them land, seed, and a blessing, and they're going to get it. Right? So, here, Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, okay? but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So there is land that God promised the seed of Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, and they are going to get that land. All right, it's getting heavy here, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that'll provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month. A million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit biglou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. The great exodus has begun from the nation's largest public school districts. 
A record number of families are voting with their feet in the nation's bluest cities. In New York's public school system, America's largest, enrollment has dropped by 50,000 students since 2019. That's a whopping 4.5%. In Los Angeles, the nation's second largest, there's a record loss of 6% of enrollment, 27,000 students leaving. COVID has spawned an education revolution. Urban parents at home with children barred from school by teachers' unions got a first-hand look at what their children were learning. They were not impressed. Whatever a parent's politics, race, or socioeconomic background, they all want their children to have the opportunities that only come with a quality education. At last, the tide of education reform is beginning to roll like a mighty wave. For those who need it most, it's long overdue. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Praise the Lord, we're 50% of the way to our goal. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I'm so grateful we spent the last three weeks addressing the other pandemic, the severe shortage of Bibles available to Christians in many parts of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. You know, at Bible League, now in our 83rd year of ministry, we estimate that as many as 9 of 10 Christians in these regions lack the Bible. They can't open God's Word on a daily basis and be reminded of His precious promises. And that's why we're doing something about it. The campaign is The World Needs the Word. We're 50% of the way to our goal of blessing a little more than 2,000 Bibleist believers around the world. Listen, it's Thanksgiving week, so please, in grateful response for having your own Bible like Tom, Sarah, Steve, and Becky, make your most generous gift at $5 a Bible by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at faithtalkdetroit.com. And God bless you for caring. Whoever comes our way and is able to give us a Bible, it will be a great blessing. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. Be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, just as Janet from Livonia is doing right now. How are you doing, Janet? Hi, Pastor Moss. We're doing pretty good tonight. Um, my husband and I love listening to you, and um, I've listened to you for years and years, and um, wow. I've learned a lot and learned a lot on my own, but I had a kind of a funny story about the Jehovah Witnesses I thought maybe you would appreciate. Um, I used to be, you know, when they knocked on the door, oh, I better not answer this, but after I learned and grew as a Christian and biblical understanding a lot more, I had my uh, papers, you know what I mean? My tracts and my different things that were truth, Bible truth, right? So they were standing outside the door, and I walked, answered the door, walked on the porch. They wanted to hand me their, you know, magazines and brochures. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take yours if you'll take mine. They ran off my porch and never saw them again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I'll be, you know, take accept your stuff, but I already knew what, you know, they believed. But they wanted to take mine. They looked at me like, you know, anyway, that's the way I handled it. I'm not afraid of you got I, some unusual Yeah, you got some unusual because most of them are ready to talk. Okay. They are. In fact Doctor Walter Martin, even though you know he was a great cult apologist, he had to admit that the typical Jehovah Witness, he said, could turn a, a Christian who wasn't studying their Bible into a doctrinal pretzel in 30 seconds. Wow. Well, I had been studying mine for years, so 
No, I was grounded. Not only grounded in the word. I studied and Great. studied and studied and Great. studied on everything. And so I was ready and I was prepared. But um, you know, when the Holy Spirit grips us and lives within us, and Jesus, we can stand up to false doctrine. You know, we can stand up to false teachings, and uh, without even being, uh, we don't even have to be obnoxious. We just have to be truthful right. and have a smile on your face. They ran off my porch. They said, well, don't see you going around door to door. I said, no, I don't have to do it that way. You do it your way, and I'll do it the way God tells me, you know, in my heart. So there I you go. thought you might enjoy that story and tell you how much my husband and I just love listening to you. We've had a really rough last eight years I won't get into, but your voice, when we found you again on the radio during our stress and strife, has really just helped us so much immensely, and I just want to thank you so much, Pastor Moss. Keep up the great work, the great teaching. I appreciate you very much, and so does my husband, Ron, okay? All right. Well, I thank you. I really appreciate uh, this call. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you continue to bless them, just be with them. Father, I thank you uh, for the knowledge that you've imparted to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, and have a blessed Thanksgiving, you and your wife and family, okay? Okay, we sure will. All right. Thank call here, 4 Do we have another caller? Another caller. All right, we're down to the last ministry of our program. It is fantastic to be able to talk to you guys about the Bible. I look forward to seeing you at the Apologetics uh, Conference. It's Strictly Biblical, 10709 Grand River at Oakman, starting at 10 o'clock, dealing with the Jehovah's Witnesses. I have material that I will give you, okay? That, uh, in fact, you, you, as you come to these seminars, you, your material will grow and grow. And so we always give you a folder. You might want to get something more to keep it in. But definitely we're trying to do the very best we can to help you to defend the faith, okay, against those who attack it and to bring folks to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We've been looking here at the Abrahamic uh, covenant again, okay, as we see God once again promising Abraham land, seed, and a blessing. And then there's something that we want to close with, right? But notice in all of this, Abraham didn't do any talking, okay? He listened to God. There are those in the Positive Confession Word Faith Movement that want to say that you can call things that are not as though they are. Okay? They almost want to act like Abraham did. But if you look at Romans chapter 4, verse 16, Romans 4, 16, where it says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure. To all the seed, this is Paul writing, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, when he says he's the father of us all, here he means Jews and Gentiles. Okay? Abraham is our spiritual father. All Christians, he's our spiritual father through Christ. Okay? He says, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Then verse 17, and I was shocked to find that this verse was used in word faith circles. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Okay? Let's talk about Abraham. Before him whom he believed, okay? Abraham believed in God. Even God, 
who quickens the dead. It is only God who gives life to the dead. And then look at this. And calls those things which be not as though they were. And calls those things which be not as though they were. Nowhere in this verse, in Romans 4.17, does it say that we, Abraham, or anybody, can call things that are not as though they are. Okay? We can't do it. The only one, the only one who has that power is God. And there's not a single verse in the Bible that contradicts what is said here in Romans 4.17. Once we start thinking that we get what we say, we name it and claim it, all of these kinds of things, we are making ourselves to be God. And I want to tell you something. That is something that God frowns upon. We have to be like Abraham, verse 18, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. But who spoke it? It was not Abraham. You don't decree anything. You don't speak anything. You let God do the speaking. You and I do the trusting. That's what it's all about. That is what the gospel is. And it's about time for the church to stand up and to defend the Christian faith. Okay? Not falling for the same lie that Adam and Eve fell for in the Garden of Eden. We are not gods, and we never will be. This is Pastor Moss, enjoying very much being on this program with you. If you want to keep this radio show going, all you've got to do is send donations to P.O. Box 05877, P.O. Box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very much. It costs us about, oh, $2,000 a month to keep this program going. We'd love to hear from you. This is Pastor Moss saying God bless you. We'll see you next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.